I am Gina Fresquez, and to pay the bills, I'm a speaker, author, clarity and success coach, and founder of the Women's Side Hustle Society podcast and community. What I'm passionate about is helping women create soulful side hustles, as well as supporting them to make big, bold decisions with more confidence and ease. Oh, that's uh, that's not a small thing. No, <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> uh, tell, tell me more about the side hustle situation. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So uh, when I first started my business back in ooh, early 2012, um, I started as a health coach, and but I was also full-time corporate in sales and uh, nutrition. I actually did nutrition for animals and traveled and all the things, right, that it takes when you are like covering a region. And so when I started my business, I actually started it as a side hustle, obviously. And there was a part of me that craved a community of women that were like me. Mm. So this was back, you know, way before Facebook really took off. And when Facebook groups weren't used for business, it was really just, we started Facebook groups to talk about things and to, you know, hang out together. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started a Facebook group that was just for us who were side hustlers, specifically in the coaching world, to talk about the struggles of what it was like to be a side hustler. So time, like, oh my God, it sucks. I have no time to work on my business. Oh my gosh, the stress. Oh my gosh, how am I going to fit this in? And, and how do you do it all? Right? Like those were the things that we were talking about. And I found after going to a couple of conferences and meeting other women that we were kind of a different type of entrepreneur versus the ones who just go all in from the beginning. And so that's where the community started. It was just out of a need, even just for myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even who I was meant to serve at the at the moment. It was just, I, I tend to create things that I want yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, blossom into it. And then, uh, you know, what are we, how many years later, it's now become this community to support women who are, are starting side hustles. So, so well, what what is your definition of a side hustle? Traditionally, a side hustle is something that you're building on the side of working a nine to five or corporate. So something where you have a full-time job and you want to make money on the side or create businesses, startups, any type of consulting, freelance, something on the side of what your main gig is, right? Okay. But after I've started this community, we've kind of opened it up to what it could look like because I've run into entrepreneurs who have side hustles. So entrepreneurs who are known for their main thing, but then they also teach yoga, you know, every weekend yeah. or they have different things that are also, they're more their passion projects that are on the side mm-hmm. um, besides their main money uh, source, as well as, you know, stay at home moms who just don't want to be a stay at home mom. And so um, they also want to start businesses and they call it their side hustle because they consider being mom is their number one thing. Or I've just known people that just do lots of little things and so they have multiple side hustles um, that kind of all blend together into one career. Um, wow. So it can be so many different things for lots of people. Well, and, and the look on your face, I, I wish the listeners could see. I mean, you are lit up about this. What fires you up about this work? Oh, gosh. I think it, it really has to do with um, I did it for so long. So I side hustled for five years. And um, there's a part of me that was kind of pissed, to be honest, about um, there's a there's a quote out there that I, I believe it's by the founder of LinkedIn, but I'm not 100% sure. And it says, the definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who jumps off the cliff and builds their wings on the, their way down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you see that quote everywhere. You know, it gets blasted. You see the little memes and you see people talk about it all the time. And and while I do get the meaning behind it, that quote used to piss me off Ooh. so bad uh, because 
I am not a cliff jumper. Okay. I understand. Like, I mean, obviously I've been business and long enough where, you know, you do need to take some risks and you do need to put yourself out there. But the way that that quote was taken um, and a lot of ways that people interpret that quote is you just need to quit everything and go all in. Ah, yeah. And that's okay for some people. Some people need that to be motivated. Um, I am not one of those people. I am a little bit more of that risk averse person and that's okay. Some people need to take the stairs. It's okay to take the stairs. You don't Ah. have to jump off the cliff. And, and it doesn't mean that you're any less of an entrepreneur because that's what pissed me off about that definition. It wasn't that, and I think it's when he tied the entrepreneur part to it, yeah. to that quote. It yeah. wasn't just like, you need to take risks. You need to go all in. You know, it was that a definition of an entrepreneur is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, there's a part of me that is that inner rebel that's like, I don't think so. No. Like you're telling me what to do. You're telling me that I'm not an entrepreneur because I don't want to jump off the cliff. I'm sorry. I still like the minute I said yes to to starting my business, I became an entrepreneur. Amen. You know, absolutely. So I get I get like really fired up about that. And um, and I know that I'm not for everybody. You know, there are some people that thrive off of going all in. Um, but my clients and, and the kind of the women that I cater to are the women that like, they want a plan. They want to st- like, to make sure that every step of the way feels really good. They have, so mm-hmm. every, they do have to take little steps to get where they want to go, but they're going to do it their way. And they're going to do it in a way that feels really good. Well, so to that point, I've talked through, uh, networks and networking events where I've met you and through the wit regatta work that we've done together. Mm-hmm. I am very lucky I have a partner that helps to share the financial burden in our life. Mm -hmm. Many women don't have that. And so when you're the sole breadwinner, what, what do you tell people in that position that want to start their own businesses or start a side hustle and they, they don't have anyone else to help share the financial burden? Well, I think that's why I like side hustling so much. I mean, it really can be a well thought out plan um, and you can experiment a lot when you're side hustling. So, I mean, I have been the breadwinner. I mean, I have been with my husband for a very long time, but we... Uh, he was an architect and he has lost jobs. And, and I used to always be the one, you know, kind of as the solid breadwinner in my career. And so I think that also made it a little scary, yeah. right? Yeah. To think about going all in. And what's also interesting is in the six or seven years I've been in business, I have changed a lot over the last couple of years as far as like what I even was doing and who I cater to. And I think that as a side hustler, especially if you don't know 100% exactly what you're doing yet, which most of us don't, right? I mean, let's get real. Most of us have no idea what we're doing, especially as a solo entrepreneur doing it all by yourself. Yep. You get to experiment and you get to try things on and you get to kind of gain a little bit more clarity as you go. It doesn't have to be a fully baked idea. You can, like our friend Melody, you know, says that launch it broke and fix it live. (laughs) Yes. You know, I mean, get it out there um, and still not worry about, paying your bills Mm -hmm. and still not worry about whether you have food or whether you have, um, you know, able to, um, you know, keep the lights on, like you, you can still do it. And so what I find is if you can side hustle to the point 
maybe where eventually you don't want to anymore, but, and that can look like six months. Um, I had somebody on my podcast who side hustled for 17 years. Whoa. I mean, it can be all over the place. And the the key takeaway is whatever feels good to you. Yeah. Okay. So I think that women starting out, especially women, you know, you can try on things, you can invest in your business. So that's one of the things that I think if you did go all in from the very beginning and quit your job, you again are worried about all of the bills that you have to pay and how are you also going to invest in your business? So mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of a smarter, more sane way, at least in my opinion, to get started. Um, also, I'll have a plan, but I think that for me, I was able to invest a lot and learn a little faster um, by learning from people like coaches and mentors and you know, learning some programs that maybe I wouldn't have been able to invest in yeah. uh, because I already had another sense of form of income. Well, and I um, I wonder if uh, we hear about Silicon Valley and angel investors and all these startups that are going on, and mm-hmm. I think that kind of skews the perspective a bit on what what is possible. Because if mm-hmm. you, if you don't have a million dollars in seed money, well, then you don't have a real business, and that's right. just not the case. Yeah, and and I think that there's kind of that conversation too around like well. Like I said, like I became an entrepreneur the, when I opened my doors and I accepted my first client. It makes me a different type of entrepreneur, maybe than a big old startup with this, you know, big investors and you know already starting out with ten employees or twenty employees. Like it's different. It's a different type of business. Mm-hmm. I tend to cater to more of the um, service based industry. I mean, that's who I typically work with. But I've had clients who have app developers and things like that too. But I, you know, I kind of reside more in the in the service in- yeah. industry myself. Yeah, and I, I, you know, speaking about being an entrepreneur uh, I have my MBA I, I uh, it's it's an MBA in sustainable business and it was a social entrepreneurship focus and I said many times I'm not an entrepreneur I'm not an entrepreneur I'm an operator I help people and I finally have realized um, I'm an entrepreneur I'm definitely yeah, an entrepreneur <laughs> and that was just silly and I was in denial, denial. Uh, and yeah. I did that with sales for a very long time yeah. I got hired right out of call right out of my master's program in sales and I was like I'm not a salesperson yeah I'm not a sales and I said that probably for the whole time that I was yes. there <laughs> yeah um, but I just approached it differently yeah. right well, so. and and the other thing going to your um, point about experimenting and changing and it, that it, it, things change uh, I remember in business school, they said, look, the business you think you're starting is not the business you're going to end up having. It will change. And that's just the nature of it. So uh, with this podcast, we look at all aspects of a person's uh, life. And so one of the things that we ask is, um, what is a recent professional or personal win you'd like to talk about? So this year, seems like it was ages ago, but this year I became a number one bestselling author. (gasps) And this was something that I never, ever thought I would do. Um, And I even have a hard time today even saying that I'm a number one selling best author. It's hard for me to even get that out of my mouth. Um, So it's kind of like overcoming something that was difficult and being really proud of it. Congratulations. And what is the title of your book? Yeah, so it was actually a collective book. Um, I have co-authors and it's called Women Who Influence. And it's a beautiful book that has about 30 different uh, women who have shared their stories of oh, just big, impactful things um, in their lives that have happened to them and then turned that around into something great. And um, I said yes to doing it about this time last year. And it took me on a ride that I never expected to be on as far wow. as not only just being like, oh, I get to be an author and now I can say I'm a number one bestselling author, but 
I didn't recognize or realize how impactful doing it with a collective, Mm -hmm. how important that would be for me. And actually, it doesn't surprise me now looking back because I love collective. I mean, I love doing things with women. I love connecting with women. It's why I do my retreats. And so, of course, why wouldn't I have done it any other way? And it's been just a super supportive community. And um, I'm I'm really proud of it, actually. And for listeners, uh, I will make sure that there is a link uh, in the podcast notes uh, to the book. So now that we've talked about something really awesome, I'd like to take it the other direction. And is there mm-hmm. a recent professional or personal struggle that you'd like to share? Probably my, my biggest struggle that I had starting out was as a side hustler, I became, without even realizing it, so extremely burnt out mm. in the beginning. And that's kind of why I turned direction and started helping other women with it. Um, so when I first started out, I really craved leadership. So when I started my business, I knew that I didn't want to be in corporate forever, but I still loved my job. And that's why I side hustled for so long. There were aspects of my job that I did love. And I knew I wanted to start a family. I knew I wanted a little bit more flexibility. And I also craved leadership. I felt pigeonholed a little bit where I was in my career Mm -hmm. and I just needed more, right? That desired for more. And when I started out, I mean, I typically am a type A overachiever perfectionist. At least I used to be. A lot of people don't see me that way now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a lot more zen (laughs) than I used to be. Um, But I was crazy woman. I mean, I literally was working all day, going right into my side hustle, working all night, you know, working on the weekends. My husband was like, you are crazy. And I remember just telling words that were coming out of mouth. I'm so stressed. I'm so tired. Mm. And I, and I'm a, I'm a big fan now in the practice that I teach is like the words that you say out loud, you're just confirming to the universe. Yes. So I was saying, I'm tired. If anybody asked me what I was doing, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so busy. So of course I was always busy and I'm so tired and I'm so stressed. And that became my reality for a while. And this is why in the beginning, I didn't work with side hustlers. I was just, I was doing health coaching and it was such a fraud because here I am talking about like health coaching and like how you can be healthy. And I am like full on adrenal fatigue, like could not wake up in the morning. I was so burnt out that I, I realized I had to do it a different way. Well, I guess I was a year or two in and I just was exhausted. I had my hormones were all out of whack, like literally all these crazy things that were going on. And that's when I started to just change direction and realize that something had to be different. Mm. And that's when I kind of made a promise to myself that I was going to do it my way. And I didn't really kind of like turning off all your blinders and just decide just to put my, you know, put your blinders on. I'm a big horse girl. So, you know, like your racetrack, you know, your racehorse blinders, you put them in and you just like do it your way. Like who cares what everybody else is doing? Just do it my way. And I think that at that point is where organically other women started asking me, well, wow, you're, you know, you're doing your business and it's successful and it looks like you're doing it full time, but I didn't realize you had a full time job. And, and so that's actually how I started coaching other women, not because I was like stake in the ground, I'm going to help side hustlers. It was, I had people reaching out to me saying, I didn't realize you had a job. It looks like that you're in your business full time. How do you do it? Yeah. But I had to kind of overcome that demon mm-hmm. in the beginning. And how do you keep your balance today? So I have these key like keywords that I kind of always keep in mind. And it's actually um, what I teach now and how to make decisions and how I show up every day. And they're my like my core desired feelings. Okay. So my number one is ease. Mm. And I almost, I want to get it tattooed on myself somewhere. I mean, literally 
since I've shifted and changed my life around, I lead with ease. Mm -hmm. And ease is not always easy. It's not always means you just sit around and eat bonbons all day. Like it, it, sometimes we do have to hustle, but I allow the ease to follow. So I'm saying yes to the things that feel really good. Yeah. And I'm just letting the rest go. And I'm seeking help when I need help. And I'm trying to do it my way, right? Mm-hmm. In a way that feels good. So ease, connection, joy, freedom. Mm-hmm. Those are all the ones that I t- tend to lead with and I make decisions based off of. And um, that to me centers me every day. You know, one of the things that you just mentioned was asking for help. And Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, in my life and in so many of my clients and and other people, asking for help seems to be so hard. Um, How did you come to be able to ask for help? I finally realized, I don't know if it was age or motherhood. I don't know what it was, but I think I finally realized that I need to stop doing the stuff that I suck at. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. right. Like, like I think being an overachiever and I can do it all and solo entrepreneur, like I was trying to do everything. And if I didn't know how to do it, I would learn how to do it myself. Yeah. yeah. And then it would take me hours, you know, and then if something went, went wrong, you don't know how to troubleshoot it. And then you're right back to the beginning. And, and I think I was just so done. Yeah. I was so done with that. And mm-hmm. so I am the first person that's going to hire somebody to do something for me. And I know that that might sound lazy, but I'm like, I'm going to stay in my zone of genius, which is what I like to help women discover is their own zone of genius. But like once you know your zone of genius, stay in it. Yeah. And then just farm out, you know, everything else. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think that I got to that point where I'm like, I'm going to get help for this. I'm going to get help for that. I'm get, you know, I mean, because I want to stay in that place. Absolutely. Well, why work on things that you're not good at when you can hire someone to do it for you and then you can do all the stuff that you love to do? Yeah. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know if that's with age, but I'm, I mean, I, I'm the first one to say, I'm not good at that. Who, who can do this for me? Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, I'm just, again, I want more ease, want more freedom in my life. And I don't really mm-hmm. want to struggle in that. I want to say yes to the things that feel good. And then anything that doesn't, even if it needs to happen, I'm going to find my resources. For yeah. That, Fantastic. So. Uh, mm-hmm. so what advice would you have for young women just starting out in their careers? Careers or side hustles? Uh, oh, let's go side hustle. Yeah. What advice would you have for young women <laughs> who want to start a side hustle? I kind of have some um, advice that I feel like is kind of contradictory, but um, I, I don't love marketing plans in the well, let's not say marketing plans, business plans in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like in a traditional sense, uh, when you go to business school and we have business courses, they're like, you need a business plan. You know, you need a one year, a three year, a five year, a 10 year. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think that that matters anymore. I mean, if you do want to start a huge capital, like, you know, like again, get angel investors and things like that. Yes, you probably need that. But I mean, if I would have done that, I I mean, I have changed over like four times, right? Since I started <laughs> yeah. my business. I yeah. mean, and, and today, if somebody was to ask me where my business is going to be in five years or 10 years, I have no freaking clue. Mm-hmm. I know the feelings, which I, I'm a feeling-based person. So I know what I want to be feeling every day. I know what I want my days to look like. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're leading with your passion and your zone of genius, and you just keep on letting that follow, like letting you lead you, you really can't go wrong. Ooh. Oh, I like that. So this is the I Am Virago podcast. So what makes you a Virago? I like to do things my way, and I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> Amen. Um, so we're getting close to the end. What questions do you wish I would have asked that I didn't? 
probably what's the next for me, the decision-making part. Ah, so Mm -hmm. what's next? Um, I've recently, and this is what I think is so exciting about the entrepreneur world is when um, you're so focused on one thing and then sometimes we zoom out and we look at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. uh, which I highly recommend people doing from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of a pivot because I have been doing things for so long. And like, I've come to realize that I have overcome something that I didn't realize I overcame in the last couple of years, which is overcoming indecisiveness. Oh. And um, I've been indecisive my whole life. And Uh, over the last five years, kind of collected tools to really help me with that. And I didn't realize it until recently when I zoomed out and kind of looked at these overarching themes. And I'm kind of ready to help other people like overcome indecisiveness because not everybody is like that. Mm -hmm. But there is a select group of us that really resonate with being frustrated with being indecisive. And I'm kind of ready to help people with that now. So I'm really excited to... um, just kind of share what I know about how to get to a place where you're making those confident decisions and not be, you know, it's not external. It's all from an internal place. Yeah. So So how do you, how's that starting to manifest for you? Oh, um, I'm excited to do um, more speaking on that topic and lead like workshops and retreats around that um, and just shift kind of pivot around that. So that. Is fantastic. So I want to give you some space here too. So you you are a coach, uh, and you Mm -hmm. lead the the side hustle society. Will you? What's the whole name of it? Women's side hustle society. So you lead the women's yeah the women's side hustle society, and you mentioned Mm -hmm. that you do retreats. What kind of retreats do you do? Yes, my retreats are my favorite thing in the whole world. They are called the Girls Weekend for Your Business Soul retreats. And they are all about, um, they're transformational retreats. So they're, they're usually women who feel like they need to pivot to start something, to make a decision. And they're all either wanting to shift careers or start a business or, sh- and we come together, have a blast because we're usually at the beach or some kind of fun location. And then we do the inner work that needs to happen to make big, bold decisions, which is kind of one of my realizations. I've been doing these retreats for so long. And this is what they do. And this is what I'm teaching them. And um, they're super fun. They're very nourishing. And my favorite thing about it is these women come as strangers. They don't know a soul. They only know me. And they leave as soul sisters. And that just gives me goosebumps. It's my favorite thing on earth. Yeah. I feel all warm and fuzzy. When is the next next retreat? So I always do uh, a Seattle in September. Uh, always, always. And then um, I'm looking to do some in the spring, probably around March, uh, either in San Diego or Arizona, somewhere warm. So mm, That sounds nice. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I can put information again in the podcast notes if people want to find out more about your retreats. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, this has been fantastic. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last year um, through the work we've done with the Wit Regatta. So thank you very, very much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you, my Viragos, for listening to the I Am Virago podcast. Check out new episodes every Tuesday. If you have ideas or suggestions of who you'd like to hear from on this podcast, go to IamVirago.com slash podcast and leave a message. And remember, you are a Virago.